And just Dylan remembering that all he did was reset. We're not like sitting on the 18th tee box with our legs crossed, meditating. Oh yeah, that's that thing that makes me speed up. And we're back for another part train. I'm one of your co-hosts, Seven Singer. We got our other co-host, Matt Cermak. What's going on, my man? What's up, I'm coming live from Bozeman, Montana. You like this? Uh, wearing, for those not on video, hat? he's wearing a cowboy hat right now while we're recording. I mean, how good is that? Kind of looks like a little Greg Norman, a little shark hat, but no, it's we're out in the West, ready to go. I got to say, a cowboy hat on the par train, it feels right. Um, it's nice. In, in case you guys are new, our mission on the par train is to help frustrated golfers enjoy the ride again on and off the course. And we believe if you can learn to smile through bad golf, you can smile and really do anything. Uh, we feature interviews from PJ Tour pros, best-selling authors, CEOs, mental coaches, and many more to make the hardest game in the world feel easy and give you the tools to enjoy the ride. Guys, before we get to an, our second mental game mailbag, we've got four callers that we're going to go through. We're excited to, to go through each one. We thank you for the calls. If you want to be featured on an episode like this in the future, just give us a call at 213-640-7606. Um, and we're going to pick three to four voicemails each time. And we love the ability to connect and, and hopefully help each one of you with your mental games. So before we get to this episode, sir, I'm a quick word from our friends at yep. Roback. Yesterday, fun story, I was, uh, I softball was back. I had a little softball game, sir. And oh. before I was going to softball, I was getting some tacos from a taco truck out back. Yeah. Interesting play before and, the game. Yeah, before the game. I had, to, I had to power up, you know. But fun fact, I went to the driving range before I went to softball. So it was a real active evening. You're very Roback kind of day. There was a Ridgeback, Rhodesian Ridgeback dog, and she saw my Roback shirt. She goes, oh, my God, that's Roback. Not enough people know about this brand. They need to know about it. She goes, every special occasion, she gets her husband Roback gear. Oh, every how time. good is that? It's the power of the Rhodesian, right? So, guys, Roback Performance Apparel, in case you're living under a rock, is honestly the most comfortable, the most stylish gear out there. I would say, sir, and I'm not exaggerating, Every single person that we've ever told about Roback or that's purchased it through us now only buys Roback. They don't buy anything else. It's by far the best performance apparel that we've ever worn. It's all we wear now. So, guys, sure. all you got to do is go in the link in our in our show notes here or linked in our social accounts in our bio at the Partrain Instagram, Twitter. It's all there. Uh, click that link. No need to enter a promo code. But get yourself 15% off your first order. And I guarantee you, you won't regret it. You'll never well, wear anything else. Well, Ev, I'm out in Montana, and I'm going to be rocking the cowboy hat, and I'll roll back here. It's kind of spreading the gospel, and uh, I think people are really excited. So it's going to take off in the Northwest very soon, maybe after this weekend. Maybe you know we're in big sky, and they're going to start seeing it pop up. Maybe Montana needs it. Who knows? They do. All right. Well, let's dive in, Serm. You're getting yep. picked up in 40 minutes. We're just going yep. to do this on a whim. Let's go. Uh, this is one of my new favorite formats, Mental Game Mailbag. Um, we got four calls. Why don't we just dive in with the first call? I have a question that I hope will help me lower my average score. I am about a 15 handicap. I shoot 90 to 95 most of the time. And one of my biggest weaknesses is hitting the driver. I only hit it about 270. 
but if I hit it well, I shoot a lot lower. If I don't hit it well, I shoot a lot higher. I can hit a three wood probably 200 to 215 consistently and straight. So my question is, do I hit a three wood off the tee instead of trying to go driver even on longer holes and hit more longer shots? Or do I still try to hit driver and work on hitting fairways to lower the score quicker? I have a lot of thoughts on this, but yeah. I'll let you I'll let you kick it off because since well, you're wearing a cowboy hat. Well, that's the fun part. No, thanks uh, for calling in. Here's what I'll say. I mean, look, don't ever don't ever say you only hit it 270 with the driver. Okay. <laughs> 270 is very long, especially for a guy like yourself who's a 90 to 95 shooter. I mean, you know, Corey Pavin is a major winner and he was averaging like 261 off the tee back in the 80s and 90s. So um, you hit it very, you hit plenty long with, with the 270. Um, now you hit your three wood 200 to 215. That's probably a little shorter than maybe you could potentially hit it. Maybe you could get it to a 230, 240. But um, what you got to do is you got to give yourself options. Look, I'd ask you this. Do you cut the ball or do you draw the ball? So let's say you cut the ball, but if you have a dog leg left, maybe you should be pulling three wood out there, you know, because you're not as comfortable with the ball, you know, going right to left. You're more comfortable with the ball going left to right. Um, so I would say, I think three wood should be an option there on holes like that. I'd also say three wood should be an option on par fives. You know, how many Eagles are you making on par fives? I'm going to guess not many. Maybe you've never made an Eagle on a par five. You're going to make an Eagle on a par five at some point, but think about, you know, think about creating a hole, you know, on a par five where you could hit three wood, three hybrid gap ledge and really focus on your yardages, you know. 215, hit that 215, then you hit a hybrid, maybe 195, 200, and then you're 110 or 115 yards out on a, say, a 500 yard par five. So it's about understanding options and understanding risk, you know, based on the type of hole, dog legs and par five. Yeah. I, I, I think it's all great points. I think, um, number one, I, I've seen a huge change in my game since becoming more educated about my tendencies and my yardages. And when I hear 270 with the driver, 200 with the three wood, something's off in my opinion. So either you're overestimating how far you're hitting it with your driver, you know, maybe you hit one good one and a lot of golfers do this and then think, oh, that's how far I hit my driver. Well, if you actually like looked at the yardages and whether you were on a simulator or rap Soto is a great option, um, to bring with you at the range, you know, yes. if you've got a few hundred bucks to spend, uh, to get dialed with your yardages and actually see if that's the case. Um, to me, you're either hitting your three wood, uh, not as far as you think you are, or you're hitting your driver, not, uh, more far than you think you are. Cause that gap to me is not common. So to me, there's something there to figure out. Um, but before I dig in to your actual question, uh, I first want to dig in and I want to talk really quick about the mental side of struggling with the driver, because this has been really personal for me for the last two years. Um, what happens in this case is we put more pressure on ourselves over the ball because we've demonized this club. Think about it. Every time you step up to a tee box, 
it's the single contributing factor, at least it is in your mind, of shooting high scores or low scores. And what do you want? You want lower scores. So you've created this this club is the one thing holding you back from shooting lower scores, right? And as crazy as it sounds, that's trauma. You, you are going into trauma. So you're experiencing a stress response when you're standing over a shot. And it's a terrible cycle because you... You've experienced trauma with this club. Therefore, there's more tension to try and guide the ball and prevent another trauma from happening. And if there's one thing I've realized over the last year, it's trying not to fail will never produce a successful shot, bottom line. And so that when I catch myself doing this, I reset, I focus on my keys. And so number one, learn your keys. What are your keys, right? What hits, when you hit a good drive, think about what you did. What did you focus on? Was it tempo? Was it holding your finish? Was it, you know, whatever it is, obsess over those keys versus you're probably thinking about where not to hit it and you're probably fearing making a mistake. And I remind myself when I get in those moments, I go, okay, that's okay. Uh, let's, let's refocus, let's reset and let me go at this with good tempo. And yeah. It takes, it takes practice, but that's really important because it doesn't matter as long as you have that mental approach to hitting drives, you're going to have problems with the driver forever. So that's, that's the core of it. You have something you want to jump in with, sir? No, I think, I think it's good. I, what I would say is, you know, the holes that, that you hit the driver, man, think about what that environment was like. What gave you that mental block? Is it the way the hole looked? Was it a certain part of the round? I think those are the most revealing moments because look, wide open, uh, wide open par four with no trouble. We feel fine. Generally, you know, might have a little struggles because we're struggling driver, but you know, that tight, that tight hole with water left and trees, right. Or so I, I really, you want to look at those rounds and the holes that you made those, you know, those very unconfident drivers. Yep. And remind yourself that remember all those times you were trying not to mess up with a driver, you usually messed up. And so give yourself free. I know that. <laughs> yeah. Give yourself forgiveness in the moment. Remind yourself that that thought doesn't help you hit a better drive. Focus on what does breathe and swing. Right. So that's one, Love two it. is decade golf. So this is the course management system that the pros use to lower uh, their scores. It's a systematic formula. We've had them, uh, Scott Fawcett on the show. It's a great episode. Check it out. I think it's really like good. four or five episodes ago, but he says, if you hit the ball 260, 270, and there's not 65 yards between penalty hazards, um, and the fairway doesn't pinch to 40 yards, it's driver 98% of the time. So what does that mean? It essentially means that if you look at a hole and there's OB left or hazard, right, are not pretty far apart, you shouldn't hit driver, right? But if you're staring into a hole that is pretty wide open and you have that big of a gap between your driver and your three wood, Scott would say you hit driver every time. And so just keep that in mind. I think at the end of the day, when I was at my worst point with driver and I put my ego aside and I hit three wood, which I historically hit well, um, I would shoot lower scores. So if you want to do that to start while you're getting more comfortable and you're learning about your driver and you're practicing your driver more and you're shifting your mindset and you're understanding your yardages, that's probably a good solve at first. But just putting your driver away also further demonizes it 
And yeah. so you, it's a balance. You can't just fully do that forever. You do that while you're getting educated on the driver and then you slowly work it back in and you test yourself and you start to reshape that narrative. That's my advice. Totally agree. Yeah. All right. Thanks for calling in. Again, if you guys want to get your question answered, give us a call at 213-640-7606. All right. Caller number two. Again, we didn't leave a name, um, but let's let's go to our, our friend that just gave us a call. Par train, articulate form here. Played in my club championship over the weekend. Played lights out both days on the front nine. Back nine was a different story. I don't know if it was mental, physical, whatever. Uh, looking to you for advice on nutrition, uh, maintaining the mental game, not thinking ahead of myself, uh, whatever you got. Thank you. This is a good one, Av. You know, Av, you played in member gas. There's club championships, and these are kind of we call pressure amateur tournaments, right? It's our <laughs> pinnacles, right? You know, um, I'm going to kind of get to some, I'm going to kind of lean on my experience here. Um, especially, I love that they talked about nutrition. We talked about nutrition, but I'm going to start there. Um, I'm a big snacker on the course, Av. And I, I, I would, that's, I would say, you know, always never, ever eat hot dogs, big turkey sandwiches, um, because that'll weigh you down. I mean, PB and J's is kind of the limit, uh, you know, packing a couple of PB and J's, which I know you like to do, mm-hmm. uh, is good, but really, really being smart with your food out there. So our bars, our X bars, trail mix, tons of water, it's hot right now. I would say one Gatorade, if it's really a hot day, you don't want to drink too many Gatorades, but, uh, so I, I would really stay away from anything big and heavy on the course. Um, when you're playing a big breakfast before is fine, but at least give yourself enough time. Be a snacker, keep your energy up, especially on the back nine. A couple other things that uh, really help in summers off, especially in tournaments, is, is carrying two towels. Um, you got to have one towel to clean your clubs and your ball, but you need another towel to clean your grips, your grips dry, and also keep the perspiration on your face off. So I think that's a really, really big thing. They're kind of things are, you're adding to your routine. Be organized and you give yourself the best chance to play. Also use two or three gloves throughout the round. Um, again, keep your hands dry. Keeps you in a nice little momentum. You know, uh, in a warm summer day in a tournament, when, when you're feeling the heat, you know, from the sun, but also from the moment, you know, you got to keep those hands always dry. You always see Tiger, you know, wiping his clubs down and switching gloves. Um, and then the last thing I will say, Ev, to our, to our friend here, and we talk about this a lot, is playing great in the front, but you're not playing great in the back. Things are probably speeding up. You're caught up in the moment. You're, and it seems like your swing's disappearing, but it's really not. Mind's just not in the right place. You got to focus on walking slower. You got to breathe from your stomach. I used to shake my hands. I still do it on every first tee. Shake my hands out because I'm nervous. <laughs> and um, and one thing I'll say is, is you try to do this, uh, is write something down on your scorecard or your glove. Maybe it's a thought, maybe it's breathe, you know, maybe it's trust, but something that will remind you, you know, when, you know, when you need it most, it sounds like the back nine. So yep. that's, that's kind of my take there. Ev. What do you think? All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break to pay the bills and we'll get you back to the show in a short minute. Guys, I used to work with TaylorMade Golf and I used to be in the golf industry for three plus years. and. Uh, full transparency, I'm a golf club nerd. I used to be the guy that 
everyone used to come to, to help them with buying new clubs. I used to literally sit down with friends of friends, family members of family members and walk them through what shaft they should get, what clubs they should get, which clubs that gets them all the performance, but is half the cost. And what I've learned over the years, um, because I was one of the ones that was making the claims is the marketing claims and new technology doesn't always translate to the performance that they say. Every golfer is different. And a lot of times uh, they have to release new clubs each year. And so is it as game changing as they say it is? It's probably not. Right. And so let's give you an example. A new Sim 2 driver and a Scotty Cameron putter will run you over a thousand dollars. Well, what if I told you you could get a brand new 14 club set that performs awesome in a new bag? for less money than $1,000. You want two clubs or do you want a full set? That's a pretty easy answer. Well, guess what? Styx Golf is a new direct-to-consumer golf brand that finally offers premium performance at a fair price. All the performance you need and none of what you don't. Styx Golf Clubs are on par with all the big brands without the massive markup. And they make modern clubs for the modern golfer with minimalist, all-black design. Guys, I'm telling you, the clubs look sick. Okay, Sticks has every skill level covered with high quality, durable finishes, graphite shafts, the latest tech. So whether you're a brand new golfer looking for your first new set of clubs instead of all those hand-me-down clubs you got from Uncle Ned, or an experienced golfer looking to get yourself something new, but you don't want to spend thousands of dollars, score your 9, 11, or 14-piece set at, here's what you got to do, click in the show notes or our link in bio at the par train on Instagram. And there's a link. That's our special link. Click that sticks golf link and get yourself the best performing clubs you've ever had for half the price or close there to it. Guys, I'm telling you, I've hit these clubs. I never endorse things that I don't fully love and embrace myself. And I'm telling you, sticks golf is the real deal. They're disrupting the golf industry. and you guys got to get it. Enjoy. Now back to the show. We've actually had a lot of people come on the show, coaches, PJ Torpros that talk about, and Tiger's talked about this, about how like 85% of people don't eat enough on the golf course. You'd be surprised by how many calories you burn, especially if you're walking and caring, where if you are hungry and you need to eat, it's tough to, to play good golf. So I'm glad he asked about nutrition. I definitely agree there. Uh, sir, I've got a little story for our friend caller too. I love that. Uh, that called in. So um, remember, your body physically cannot forget how to swing a club from one swing to the next, right? It comes down to whether or not there's interference or not. And to me, golf is a game of resets. And just this weekend, I came off, the last two weeks, I came off of rounds of 76 and 77, Whew. right? I was feeling good. I'm starting to play good golf again. Um, I get out of the car. It's an early 6.30 a.m. tea time Tuesday. So I'm getting out before I work. Sure. And my body is tired. You know, just those days you wake up and your body's like tight. It's slow. It's sluggish. Um, I'm playing with people I don't know. I'm tentative. I'm tight. It's those mornings where you have no idea how you're going to make a, a hard, confident swing. Your body just feels blah right? Yeah, um, for sure. My ego was trying to impress because I'm coming off of good golf. And what do I do on the first hole? I hosel the wedge into the trees from the first oh, cut of the rough. Okay. And what does my mind automatically do? Because it's my ego. My mind said, 
what the fuck did I lose it? I've got that event in two weeks. Swing's gone. Like, so what did I do? Well, number one, I smiled and I laughed because this stuff fascinates me. And I know it was a learning moment that I can talk about on the train. And I think a lot of people can use that. I know not everybody has a podcast, but use these moments of like being excited to catch yourself so that you can either DM us. We can serve that as for you. DM us, tell us about it. We'll share it on the show on our Instagram or Twitter um, or tell a friend. So I use those moments as like excited that I'm catching it because I get to learn from it. So I got, this is what I say to myself. This is my narrative. I'm going to give you guys a little look inside my, my brain uh, on Tuesday. Here, uh, here we uh, go. <laughs> number one, you're not warm. Number two, you're not loose. And number three, you know, those days you just can't let it go. You're like, you're not committing. Um, Phil did it on Sunday at the PGA. Um, and Tim Mickelson had to snap him out of it. Say, hey, if we're going to win this thing, you got to start committing. I, I was struggling to commit. Um, and so all of those things, think about the combination of those things, Sherm. You think my true swing has a chance to come out when I'm feeling all of those things at once? No, those are all things that limit, produce tension. So, and I was swinging quick, by the way. I, I didn't sure. have a good tempo. So that's a recipe for disaster. So I laughed and I said, okay. Well, all I can do is I can breathe and I can go back to my keys. And so I obsessed over my fundamental keys, which is I have a takeaway thought, um, which feels like a little bit outside to me. My right, I have a tendency to roll my left arm. So I'm feeling like I maintain my tilt. My right arm kind of takes it back more. Um, and I have a transition thought and that's it, right? I feel like I'm turning a double play um, in baseball and that's it. Um, and so most importantly, I go back to that, but then I reminded myself, I said this in the first answer, but it's, it's honestly been so instrumental to me. I, I remember that swinging tentatively is the worst thing I can do. Only bad swings come from swinging tentatively. Real quick, swinging tentatively comes from not having a clear plan. Right. Right. But also like, what am I scared of? I just shanked it. So right. being scared, I'm going to shank it again is gonna shank it again. So I'm like, right. oh, okay, so as uncomfortable as it was to swing confidently or committed or like rip at it, yep. after you do that, I knew that it was my best chance to hit one good. And so I focused on my keys and guess what I did? I finished three over after doubling the first hole. Love it. And so to me, it's the game of resets. And so to address your question directly, you're getting excited because you're playing lights out. And I guarantee you're not thinking about the result in the front nine because you're just getting going. And so it's normal to start to think about the finish line when you go into that back nine. But remember that thinking about the finish line, getting tentative, worrying about the score, all of that stuff is normal, but it doesn't help you. So golf is a game of resets. Smile at it. Remember your training and the things you've learned on this show and go back and and resume what you're doing on the front nine. Um, and we've got the, our last caller. Stay tuned to the end of the I show because our last caller struggled with this from our first mental game mailbag. He sent in a follow-up response about what our advice has done for him. And it's a similar thing. It's a success story. So let's just talk about it now directly after this. Fire one. it up. All right. So uh, this is from Dylan McHenry. He struggled with the same thing. Uh, I think it was a 17 handicap was constantly on track to shoot like an 85, his best score, 
and would blow up the last four holes. And so let's see what's uh, going on with Dylan. Gentlemen from the Pro Train, it's Dylan McHenry giving you a call about a week, couple weeks ago. I was able to post a career best um, 81. Um, I ended up, it took me a couple holes, but I did take your advice on about hole 16. Well, hole, yeah, hole 16. I just let go of trying to make a score um, because it felt like things were spiraling out of control a little bit. But um, anyway, then I um, relaxed, swung free, ended up sticking a seven iron to two feet on the 18th hole and making birdie. So I was pretty excited. Um, just the mental cues of relaxing and not trying to rush into the clubhouse was very helpful. And um, I can't thank you enough for all that you guys do. And I'm sure I'll call with a question again soon. See you later. All right. So real wow. quick, sir, before you go, how awesome is that? What did Dylan do there? Dylan remembered that trying to shoot a score does the opposite. Totally. He's not going to shoot a score trying to shoot a score. I think Tiger and the pros are the only people that can do that. Um, so the majority of us, 99.9% of us, that's going to create interference and an unnecessary tension and change your approach of what was working on the front. And just Dylan remembering that all he did was reset, right? We're not like sitting on the 18th tee box with our legs crossed meditating, right? It's literally just awareness and then resetting and realizing, oh yeah, that's that thing that makes me speed up. All right, let me slow down. And look what he did. He st- you think he was thinking, I want to stick the seven iron to two feet? No, he just relaxed and let his true swing come out. And he ended up making birdie on 18, shot his best score ever. For sure. No, I mean, Dylan, congrats. I mean, what an accomplishment. I, I think it's pretty special when you have this recognition, be able to make that call in the moment. I think it's important. I love, I love the description, though. I love it was what did he say it was spiraling out of control and, yeah and to be able to step back and and hit a shot on the 18th hole with two feet wow so this is this is what it's about ev there's nothing more rewarding than this right this is why we do the show we want to help i i this is something i've never really said on the show sir but i'll say it before we go to our last caller um not everybody feels comfortable or feels like they even need a sports psychologist, right? Like that's a pretty, I think people that normally read a book by Bob Rotella or Dr. Joe Parent or whoever is probably maybe in a, a low point to, to think that they need that. But I, I think what we're doing, I hope, is making the mental game and really just awareness in life more relatable and yeah. more approachable. And not make it this like weird big jump that you have to make. It's just simply realizing that our mind is designed in a certain way and you can take control back. Right. And I think Dylan's a perfect example of that. I mean, you should, I mean, career best. Almost broke 80. <laughs> I mean, 17 and, or 19 and, handicap. I forget what his handicap was. And, not, somewhere and, near and now he's got, and now Dylan, you've got this experience of like, okay, you know, I'm coming down the stretch. I'm playing well. I'm kind of losing my mind a little bit, but. You know how to deal with it, right? Yeah. And, and, and you know, there's going to be rounds where you're going to play well and you're going to struggle, but you've done it. You've proved it. So, yep. cowboy hats off to our boy Dylan. <laughs> this personal best. Congrats, Dylan. Keep it rolling. 
our last caller, I think his name is Cade or Gabe. I can't tell, but uh, let's kick it to him and, and then we'll we'll close it out here. Hey, Power Train guys, this is uh, Cade here. I just left y'all a message on Instagram the other day. He told me to call, I'll leave a message on here. So, my question was, like, what is the best way to uh, keep your momentum and keep your head in it when the course is playing slow? Because one, uh, a couple weeks ago, I've gotten that way in the front nine, you know, gripping and smoothing and long swing. Then after the turn, we get to old flat up. All can't go nowhere, just have to wait all day. What is y'all's advice to uh, basically keep keep the momentum in your swing, you know, not get down and get aggravated and having to wait? So, any help be appreciated. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. I love these questions. This is a serious scenario that happens a lot. We've all had it. Golf has boomed so much in COVID. Even private clubs have got tee times and so many people out there and play is just slower. Plus, as we've gotten more detailed in our games and technology, everyone's just kind of playing slower. It's not good. we got to play faster. So, Kate or Gabe, thanks for calling in. Here's what I would say, you know, from my experience in this. You've got to have, you know, we talk about the pre-shot routine when we talk about your on-course routine, but you've got to have kind of these backup routines ready to be activated depending on the situation, right? And in this case, you're talking about, you know, you're you're playing normal fast play or, you know, you're getting around the course and all of a sudden you've got three straight holes, you're waiting on every shot. Terrible. It's completely unexpected in front of you. Kind of like if you're in a rain delay, right? Just what do I do? So. It's frustrating out there. But you can't let it get to you. And here's what you got to do to keep your mind off it. A couple of recommendations. You know, I don't know if you're riding carts or if you're walking, but um, I think, you know, having some music on is a good thing. It's a good, healthy distraction. Even if you don't typically listen to music throughout the round, it's a good time to put them on. You know, keep your mind off and, you know, get a good playlist going. I'm a big proponent of playing games on the tee. If it's a part three, you know, playing poison <laughs> and just hitting the ball around with your with your playing, par- playing What's partner. What's poison, sir? Tell him about poison. I mean, I can't. I'm not the best guy for telling the rules, but it's you know you, you've got you got the T markers right, and you create it's one. It's like everybody plays against each other, and you try to get your you try to hit the ball with your driver one T marker to the next T marker, right? And then there's an idea of like stymieing your opponents. You know, and then yep. you kind of go, you go around. So it's just a fun thing to do when you're buying time and not thinking about how slow this group is in front of us. It's like, you know, come on, pick it up. So playing games on a tee is really good, but you know what? You really got to stay moving. The problem we deal with and that really hinders us is when we sit in a cart or we sit down or we're just not moving. What do we do? We stiffen up. So you got to be constantly moving. And I would always, if these weights are long and they're consistent, to have two clubs in your hand and just kind of lightly taking, you know, stretch it out before you hit balls like in the range, make kind of weighted club swings, you know, two, two clubs in your hand and just make some swings and stay loose because there is nothing more frustrating than being stiff into a neck shot because you're waiting. Yeah. Um, so um, so I, I would, I would, I would really say those things, you know, have some music going, play some games, uh, with your, with your, uh, playing competitors, you know, on the, on the tee box or in the fairway and 
keep moving. Don't sit down. Swing a couple clubs. Keep those muscles loose. Um, but again, you know, this is Ev. You, you have to have this ready to go. It's like what I would say. Like if let's say it was sunny for nine holes, then you get a rain delay, right? Well, you you got to have your rain gear ready, and well, you might have to go to the clubhouse for a little bit. Over on a hot day, never go too long in the air conditioning, for example, because that'll zap your body, right? So yeah. So Gabe, Gabe, good sir. Those are some of my tips from my uh, playing years. Keep yourself not so frustrated. You can enjoy the ride. Nobody likes slow play, but we all have to deal with. It. Yeah. I thoughts of? I love it. I had a lot of similar thoughts, but I'm going to start with this. Cade, Gabe, whichever one it was. Thanks for calling in. Again, guys, if you want to call in yourself for a future episode, give us a call at 213-640-7606. Um, so I, I've said this to golfers I've helped in the past uh, mentally, and it, it's a reminder I, uh, I use. It's Frustration is sitting in traffic when you don't want to be in traffic. But you're in traffic, right? Not wanting to be in traffic when you're in traffic is frustrating because you're wanting a different reality than you're in and you can't control it. That is a recipe for frustration. Slow play is no different. It's essentially traffic on the golf course. And look, if anyone knows about traffic on and off the course, it's me. I live in LA, okay? Yeah. Unless, you're, unless, you're, <laughs> unless you're playing <laughs> golf at 5.30 in the morning, you're going to be waiting on a lot of shots. Um, and you're going to be sitting in traffic on your ride home. Uh, so look, this is a perfect question for life too. Like how often are you in a uh, reality that you're resisting and then creating frustration? And so first of all, remind yourself of that. You're not going anywhere, right? So like Serm suggested, what are things you can do that you normally can't do? Um, when it slows down. So how can you shift your focus and have fun with it? So humor, I always default to as a great antidote for frustration, like create a game. Like when someone's over the ball uh, and someone's slow in front of you, try and make bets of how many practice swings he's going to take this time. Think about, yeah, okay, how long one. is he going to stand over the ball before he swings? All right, over under 9.5 seconds. Suddenly you're having fun with the slowness. Love it. Right? Um, games, I, I've done that game on the tee box. I also, what I love doing is everybody, we play hockey on the tee box. So like you hold the ball like happy or hold the club like happy Gilmore holds his putter. And we like hit the golf ball back and forth like we're passing the hockey puck. And we're like trying to shoot the ball at the T marker. And it's, it's fun. I also get a lot of chipping practice in. For like sure. I love just like chipping around the T box and the fairway and try and chip the ball to someone's hand, like stories, music. These are all things that you can do to have fun with the situation that historically could be frustrating. I mean, when Tara and I were stuck in traffic coming back from Northern California uh, about a month ago, we were at first frustrated because we just wanted to get home. We were tired, but then we're like, well, we're in it. So what's a game we could play? And we created like this question game and suddenly it flew by. So create games, shift your focus and uh, use your mind to your benefit instead of uh, getting frustrated with, with the situation you can't change. That's a I life like, life lesson right there. Those are really good. Ab. I love that. I love it. I got really good as a kid at, bouncing the ball on my club face 
waiting mm-hmm. on tee boxes, <laughs> just sitting mm-hmm. there going behind the back between the legs. So, you know, uh, it, it, it's always going to be there, but there's ways to deal with it. And I think, you know, having fun is the way yep. to deal with it, right? Yeah. Your mind off. Love it. Well, guys, again, thank you for the calls. It means the world to us. If you want your question to be featured so um, or call us back with progress like Dylan did, give us a call at 213-640-7606. That was awesome. Um, thank you as always for hopping aboard, guys. If we've added any value, truly does mean the world. If you give us a follow on Spotify, a subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review um, and share with a friend. Honestly, if yes, we just that's the only thing we ever ask is if you're enjoying what we're doing, um, you know, we do this on our own time, we spend our own dime. Uh, your support helps us do it more um, and helps us do it better. So definitely share with a friend, give us a subscribe, leave us a review, and follow us on social at the par train. Um, we're responding to your DMs every day. And tweet us. Remember, we love, we love, we love and tweet at us for sure. We're yeah. loving the connection. We're loving seeing you guys getting better and shooting your best scores. And no matter what, I don't care how you're hitting it. I don't care where the ball is going. Uh, what do they got to do, sir? Just enjoy the ride. Take care, guys. I get I'm mentally strong, so they know I'm going low. It's deep breaths, in, 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 out. Let it go, let it flow, let it roll. Let them on, they let them know. Yeah, and that's the part, train commit. That's the game, yeah. See, baby, this is it. Don't care so much, get your pre-shot right, and you're going to hit the best round of your life. That's right.